Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Well, the Flames look like a different team coming out of the All-Star break, and they win again. Your final score on the road in New York is the Flames 5 and the Islanders 2, and uh, they were led by the man we're about to hear from right now. First career NHL hat for Mackenzie Weger. Not only that, he scores the eventual game winner in this 5-2 victory as the Flames have now won four in a row. They're a perfect three for three coming out of the All-Star break. Flames Talk postgame is underway on this Saturday. It's Pat Steinberg along with you and let's head back to UBS Arena in New York and check in with the three-goal man. Mackenzie Weger joins us live right now. Mackenzie, first of all, congratulations on your first career hat trick. That had to feel pretty cool and to uh, do it in a big win as well just uh tell us about this afternoon for you and the group yeah uh you know it was a great win uh collectively uh from everybody obviously um you know the hat trick doesn't really go unnoticed but um you know it was, it was a great effort from everybody it's obviously uh things are kind of going my way the first goal is sort of like that Vegas goal and um you know the second goal on my offside got got a nice uh one tee uh and then the empty netter from Hubie I knew he was gonna pass it to me there um, <laughs> just the kind of guy he is, but, uh, you know, I appreciate it. It's obviously a special feeling and, um, you know, kind of cool. I don't know if I'll ever feel this again. <laughs> well, and what, what did it feel like when uh, you knew Jonathan was going to put it right on your stick and you made no mistake when you, uh, when you saw that you didn't uh, get it deflected or, or didn't put it just wide, when you saw it going in, how'd that feel to complete a three-goal day? Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool feeling. Uh, you know, obviously what clicks in your head is, you know, getting the two points and keeping this uh, streak going. But, um, you know, it was uh, was a special feeling. I was kind of in shock. I kind of wanted to laugh. Um, I I wasn't really sure how to feel, honestly. I still don't really know how to feel. Um, But I guess I'll, I'll ride with it. You uh, talked about another really solid two points and another big team effort. Uh, Mackenzie, I guess, take us through what you liked about this one and and, uh, how you saw the 60 minutes for your group today. You know, I, I thought really everybody played solace. Um, you know, I earlier in an earlier interview, I gave credit to that fourth line with Bruins, Pelts, and, and Walks. You know, they've done a great job uh, being effective on that fourth line, providing energy, and it's, I think it's really helped, uh, you know, the other three lines to get going and, and create some rhythm for themselves and sort of spread out the ice time or the D zone draws. So uh, credit to that line, and then obviously, you know, just ran, playing with Ross. It's great. Marky's been awesome. He's been standing on his head for us, making key saves. Um, you know, it's just been a, it's a true collective win, these last three wins. Well, that was uh, going to be the last question for you, Mackenzie. Like, just uh, you come out of the All-Star break. You got the win going into it before the, uh, before the break, but your group looks like they've been shot out of a cannon in the last three to make this four consecutive wins. Just overall, what's, uh, what's been the biggest thing driving this uh, really impressive three-game run out of the break? Yeah, I mean, a good buddy once told me we got to play like a Pacayinian, so that's what we've <laughs> kind of been running with. And um, you know, obviously that break we've, we we took some time to get away and, and get away from the the game a little bit. And you can tell that guys are a little bit more refreshed, and um, even in the in the dressing room, it's you know, Bach's done a great job, you know, keeping focused and, and being prepared. Um, you know, no matter what the noise is, we've done a great job, uh, you know, getting ready and prepared before these games. So it feels like a new group of guys here. Mackenzie, congratulations on the hat trick. That was awesome to see, and congratulations on another victory. Good luck Monday against the Rangers. Hey, thanks for doing this. 
Yeah, all right, no problem, buddy. That is Mackenzie Weger post game. How about his afternoon? One, two, and three goals for his first career NHL hat trick. The Flames are rolling. They look like a different team. They've won four in a row. They're three games above 500. They're keeping themselves right in this playoff fight, and uh, they're doing it with contributions all over the board. It's our Flames Talk post game show. Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. Joined alongside Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills. And Mick, that's another just really solid look. You're never going to play a perfect game. There are going to be momentum swings that you've got to deal with. But you take a look at the nine periods the Flames have played coming out of the All-Star break. They look like a completely different group than maybe honestly they've looked like at any point this season. They are rolling right now and that's another full marks victory for them. Yeah, I I liked their first period, really liked their second period. Didn't love how long the stretch and the lull of the third period that they had. I mean, like you said, there's going to be momentum swings and the other team's going to get chances. But when it's a sort of a seven to eight minute stretch, that's a little bit too long for my liking. If it's a couple minutes, that's okay. We saw that in the game against New Jersey as well, the first 10 minutes. Uh, you know, again, that's a little bit too long of a stretch. So if I'm nitpicking, um, which I always did with my own game, uh, I would say maybe just try to shorten up those stretches a little bit in terms of what you're giving up. But like you said, there's a lot to like. Another power play goal, which was great. Obviously, three goals from Mackenzie Weger, who just continues to drive the offense from that back end uh, that's been a, a key point for this team and like you said that fourth line coming in has made the world of a difference in my opinion and I've, I've said it before all of the the best and the great teams that I've played on you, they've always had a solid fourth line that is integral in terms of a team having sustained success so that's been a, a real positive but you know what I would be thinking if I was Mackenzie Weger getting that puck for the hat trick with an open net, what? Yeah, I think don't miss the net. Yeah, that's what I that's that's what I was thinking. I was I was asking yeah, him that question, like, what if it gets healed, or what yeah. if it gets tipped, or what if he puts it off the outside of the post and he misses it? I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and Jacob Markstrom took a couple shots at the empty net and probably cost his team a goal on one yeah, of those uh, shots. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, the Flames had a little bit of breathing room, but they were by far the better of the two teams in the first 40 minutes. The Islanders, to their credit, didn't go away. I'm sure Patrick Watt tore a strip off them with the way they played in the first two periods today, and they were the better of the two teams by a country mile in the third period. But what do you do when you're the better of the two teams? Well, the Flames were the better team in the first 40 minutes and they were plus three as far as goal differential goes the Islanders were the batter of the two teams in the last 20 minutes and uh, the goal differential was even 2-2 the Flames with two goals on three shots in the third period so uh, another win another important pair of points as the Flames uh, stretch their winning streak to four for the second time this season don't get the help they were hoping for on the out-of-town scoreboard but are now just one point out of both wild card spots and as I said earlier all they can at this point in time is take care of their own business. They've done that in four consecutive contests and they're going to have to get some help on the out-of-town scoreboard at, at some point in time between now and the end of the regular season, but that's a big win for them and you play a really good game against the Bruins in Boston and you back it up with 
a good game against the Devils in New Jersey and another good game against the Islanders in New York. And now the toughest test of this road trip, at least in my opinion, and that's with all due respect to the Bruins, but I really do consider the Rangers to be a, a true Stanley Cup contender. So we'll see if the Flames can sweep this uh, tough four-game road trip with a win in New York on Monday. And the Bruins uh, decided not to look like that on Tuesday. So if the Rangers do, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how a Flames team, if they can play like this again, uh, can measure up to that New York squad. Our marquee matchup in the pregame show today brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were uh, focusing on an opportunity for the Flames to win a fourth straight game, which they've done. Uh, that ties their longest win streak of the season and uh, kind of erases that four-game skid that they had during that homestand before the All-Star break. They need to string some good results together. There's uh, no doubt about that. Um, are you uh, are, are you going with uh, Mackenzie Weger as the hardest working flame Am I, can, you can spoil that if you want yes okay well then let's do that right now i want to talk about him yep. hardest working flame time brought to you by canyon plumbing and heating are you the hardest working plumber or hvac tech canyon's hiring send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com and that would be today Mackenzie Weger. Yes, Mackenzie Weger with uh, three goals. I mean, I don't know how I pick anyone else with hmm. uh, his first career hat trick and played just under 24 minutes, nine shot attempts. But to me, you know, I, I mentioned he did he got beat on a rush, but that's, again, me being nitpicky. For the most part, his defensive game has been really solid. You look at the data and the analytics in terms of uh, how many takeaways and steals uh, he has, and he plays with a great stick. He's able to intercept passes. Uh, his puck recoveries are exceptional as well, and that's the sign of a, a real elite defenseman is one that can lead in terms of those analytics at both ends of the ice, and you know, having been a defenseman myself, I can't reiterate like how hard it is to play that well-rounded of a game and to produce at the clip that he is. Like that is what is so impressive to me is the way that he has been able to do that and has really been a leader in terms of the way that he has played as well. He's the first guy to hold himself accountable, hold the team accountable. For sure. But then he backs it up with his play, which I have a ton of respect for. So Mackenzie Weger, the hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. And uh, Derek, now 15 goals for Mackenzie Weger. Two more than any other defenseman in the National Hockey League. Look, I think we all came into this season thinking, hey, the way Weger finished last year and the way that he played at the World Championships for Team Canada in winning gold, I think we all thought that Weger was kind of in line to have himself a really good year too as a member of the Flames but I don't think any of us had 15 goals in February and leading all NHL defensemen on the bingo card this has been something else yeah I certainly didn't see that coming but I think he was a lot better in the back half of his first season and just kind of picked up where he left off in his second season with the Flames and he's been if not their best defenseman this season I think it's between him and Noah Hannafin for me uh, depending on what you're looking for and, and how you come to a conclusion on that. Uh, he's certainly been one of their top two guys. And offensively, he's been a big part uh, of what the Flames have done because, again, this isn't a team that can lean on one or two or three guys for goals and points. They need to spread the offense out, and they need some offense from their defense. And the Flames came into this game third in the NHL in goals by defensemen. 
They are now second. They leapfrogged the Canadians, who have 34. The Flames are now up to 35. Only the Avalanche with McCarr and Taves and Byram have more with 43. So Mackenzie Weger has been the, the driving force as far as goals by defenseman go and uh, has a career day against the Islanders, and they needed him. He scores three. The Islanders scored two, and uh, he could have won this game on his own uh, tongue-in-cheek, I say that. I love his story, too. I yeah. mean, he's a seventh-rounder. Like, you think of just the resilience and the determination and clawing your literally clawing your way and working your way to the top. It's a, it's a great story. Reminds well, me a lot of the, the Mark Giordano story, the way they mm-hmm. play, the way yeah. that he uh, made it to the NHL, all of it. There's a lot of similarities there. Well, Uyghur's got way more hair than Giordano, but other than that, there Oof, certainly are some comparisons that can be made. Uh, although Giordano does have one more Norris trophy than Uyghur, but uh, even going into this game, so Uyghur was t- for third in the NHL in goals by defensemen. And the two guys ahead of him picked fourth overall and first overall. Darlene first by the Sabres, Makar fourth by the Avalanche, and then you've got Uyghur who was picked 206th overall. You never know where you're going to find a diamond in the rough in the draft, and that's why these draft picks that Craig Conroy has been accumulating in changing his team, and I have a hard time describing what he's been doing as selling and I know you could describe it as that because uh, you could argue that Toffoli was the best player in the deal with the Devils, at least at that time, uh, that Lindholm was the best deal in the Canucks. They got a couple of picks back for Zadorov, but he's uh, he brought in a couple of good NHL players in Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko and a bunch of prospects and picks. It's an exciting time to be a, a Flames fan, in my opinion. The word I would use is instead of selling, because I agree, it's not a selling type mindset. Maximizing. That's what I would use. Do you know Maximizing. what I would call it? Investing and compounding. It's also good. Yeah. I like that. Sounds like you're a mortgage broker. I like that. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll, we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska momentarily following a Flames 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. Fourth straight win for Calgary. Third straight on this road trip coming out of the All-Star break, and they have looked good coming out of this break with uh, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Get to your phone calls very shortly. Text line open at 960-960 as well. We'll get there very shortly as well. But first, some uh, final thoughts from a broadcast duo of uh, Mick and Derek. Megan? I think it's for the Flames. It's just keep doing what you're doing and keep focusing on your game and playing to your identity. One thing that sticks out to me with this team is right now they look like they're having fun. They look like Mm -hmm. they're having fun and working hard and just playing light, playing free, trusting the systems, trusting each other, trusting the coaching staff. Uh, and that's that's fun to be a part of. So it's, it's good to see. Heard Blake Coleman, he said that when you're having fun, often the results will follow. So, you know, I think that that energy and that lightness that these young guys and the guys coming back from injuries, that they've brought the depth that they've added, it's been huge. And that's something that they need to keep up. Yeah, it's way easier to have fun when you're winning. But even when the Flames were winning at times the last couple of seasons, it didn't look like they were having a ton of fun. Right now, they're having fun, and I think that's helping them win. I really do. And getting those four guys, uh, 
Two guys who made their Flames debuts versus the Bruins on Tuesday. Two guys who made their season debuts. Uh, the fact that uh, they were able to recharge mentally and physically during uh, a nine-day break between games. This looks like a completely different team to me than the one we watched during that six-game homestand before the break. And I know they won the last game against the Blackhawks, but they did not play well in that game. They would be the first to tell you that. And now they've gone from losing four in a row to winning four in a row. And they're right back in the thick of things, but what they can't continue to do is two steps forward, two steps back. Two steps forward, one step back. One step forward, two steps back. They've got to knock that off. Easier said than done, heading to New York to take on the Rangers on Monday, but they got to keep it rolling. you got to play another good game, and if that's not good enough, so be it. But go out and play another good game. Don't be satisfied with four straight wins, and uh, just keep pushing forward. Uh, take care of your business. Hope to get some help on the Alberta Ford Dealers out-of-town scoreboard. And... Keep doing what you've been doing on this road trip. They've been a fun team to watch all season, but uh, even more so in the first three games of this road trip. So looking forward to Monday night's game against the Rangers, and uh, congratulations to Mackenzie Weger, who now leads the National Hockey League in goals by defenseman with 15, and to Jacob Markstrom, who now leads the NHL in points by a goaltender with four. So uh, that's kind of cool, too. Almost had a goal and an assist. That would have been something. It really wasn't almost. Not and Neither no. of them even made it out of the zone. <laughs> not even close. He tried for a goal and assist. Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you, friends. Thanks, Pat. Good day. Derek and Megan signing off. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Post game, his team with a fourth straight win. 5-2, your final score. Coach, what's, uh, what sticks out the most about uh, tonight's effort? Today's um, effort? I, until probably the last seven or eight minutes of the third period, I thought it was a pretty complete game for us. Again, similar to what we saw in Boston from the team. Um... And we had all sorts of contributions from different people, so that was something that was important. Both sides of the puck, too, and I'd imagine nice to get you know an early edge and being able to kind of build on it from there. Yeah, this this is a tough team. If you get behind on them, um, they make it really hard on you to get back into games, so it was nice to be able to score first. What about uh, when you look at the power play? I know you kind of touched on it briefly the other day, but um, you know you get another big one from them, and just uh, I'd imagine the confidence continues to grow. You know, with the puck in the offensive zone, when uh, when you've been able to see some results. I think it's starting to come. We've talked about that for probably a month now. Um, there's areas, of course, that you want to see cleaned up, like the shorthanded goals that we've given up. You just at certain times in games, for, for that matter, ever you don't want to see that happen. But they are starting to develop some chemistry where I feel like there's a little bit more of a threat consistently from them uh, and tonight the goal they scored was a nice goal they moved it around well and um, that's that's what you need in order to win close games how what have you thought of your team's identity revolves around your blue line um, a lot of it I mean I mean early on in the year we weren't scoring they were scoring um, now I feel like they're they're comfortable with how they or we expect them to play um, and there's a fine line between them getting too involved where they forget about what they have to do at the other end of the ice but they're they're confident now and there's three guys for sure and eventually I think you'll throw Oliver in that mix too that um, they know what they're doing offensively so when they get opportunities they can score. What have you thought of Jonathan Huberto since December 31st he's been a point per game player? Mm-hmm. He's been better I mean there's no doubt about it and I even when you look at him he's a different different person off the ice now too so I, I think that's just kind of um, you're seeing the same sort of thing with this play on the ice side. There's a hungrier guy. Um, he's making more plays now, and, and you see, like, again tonight, he's a threat to shoot at times, which is another important thing for our team. What do you think is the reason for that? Um, you know, when you're an offensive player and things are not coming easy for you, 
um, you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And he went for a stretch there where he didn't score or even put up a point for a long, long period of time. And it, it can be difficult coming to the rink because you know that um, you're paid to do a certain job. And as much as we remind him, there's other things that you do in those situations that help the team win. Um, part of his identity is to help us generate some offense. So um, when that's not happening, they take it personally. And once things have turned around for him here a little bit over the last little while, you're seeing some of that swagger come back in him. So I think that's the, the real big reason. Husky, your goaltender, fantastic again. But I would imagine it's a bit of a roller coaster of emotions when you see him try for that empty net. doesn't go, and then all of a sudden he's under siege. You probably had complete confidence he was going to lock it down. Well, I, once they scored the second one, my gut told me he wasn't going to let anything in. Um, but you worry about that at times. I mean, if you're going to hit it, hit it. It's kind of what we told them. You want to try that, but it's, it's a tough one for a coach. Can you go about your in-game coaching adjustments versus a coach that's been out of the league for a few years on with this team for a few weeks? How do I go about it? Yeah. Um, it's mainly what we've done all year is focus on our team. So if we see something that isn't working for us based on what they're doing, we make, we make subtle little changes to our systems. Okay, Ryan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska postgame following a 5-2 Flames win on the road against the New York Islanders. Our Flames Talk postgame show is underway. Give us a call right now. Got a few phone lines open. If you want to jump in, now's the time to do so. Just minutes away from chatting with you at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. We'll get to your phone calls around the corner as well. Our Flames Talk postgame show is available on Apple. Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mackenzie Weger, first career hat trick. Flames have won four in a row, including 3-0-0 out of this all-star break. And uh, they're playing some good hockey right now as we're available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're coming back around the corner. It's Flames Talk postgame. And this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, that's another pretty fun afternoon for the Calgary Flames, and this time it's Mackenzie Weger leading the way. How about Weger's first career NHL hat trick as part of a 5-2 Flames win over the Islanders? And honestly, you know, as we welcome you back to Flames Talk postgame, phone lines open at 403-240-4444, text line open at 960-960. That's another one of those, in this case, afternoons, but another one of those games where Flames... They, they're, they're full marks on the win. Um, I know that neither the Islanders nor the Devils win looks as lopsided as the Bruins game because the Flames just kind of ran the Bruins out of the building on that uh, on that night. But that was because the Bruins were awful as well. Flames played well, and the Bruins were just straight trash. Well, in this game, the Islanders were meh at times, but they played well, and, and they had some stretches. They, 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 at the very least, had more pushback than Boston did, and the Devils, same thing. Devils and Islanders gave the Flames more pushback, so maybe the game doesn't feel as lopsided as the Bruins game did, but from what a Flames team has done and the way that they've gone and executed their game plan for nine straight periods, it's been pretty damn consistent. And that is a really encouraging sign. I know there's lots of talk about where Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin are going. I know there's lots of talk about how this thing is all going to play out and what the roster is going to look like between now and the March 8th trade deadline. And all of that conversation is relevant. But while that is happening and while this group is currently assembled, 
they are by far playing their best hockey of the season. This three-game stretch out of the All-Star break is without question their best stretch of hockey. The nine periods they've played this week, they haven't looked like this at any point this year. They've been fast. They've been dynamic. They've been forcing turnovers. They've been consistent. They're on the attack uh, far more often. They're getting contributions up and down the lineup. They've got an effective contributing force fourth line. They've got an effective third pairing right now. They're getting great goaltending from Jacob Markstrom and their top players are driving the, the bus. Jonathan Huberdeau, Andre Kuzmenko, Nazem Kadri, Connor Zeri up front, uh, the, the backland line, and then on the back Weger just had a hat trick. Hannafin had two points against uh, against the the Devils and has scored a big goal against the Bruins. Uh, we know that Rasmus Anderson can ch- chip in offensively. Tanev's been Tanev. Like the the best players have been their best players. They've gotten depth contribution. Their goaltending continues to be solid. This looks like a completely different team the last three games. And I'm not trying to suggest that that means that they're going to be a completely different team going forward or that this is all of a sudden going to be a team that transforms into a contender. I'm not trying to give you any narratives. All I'm saying is that in these last three games, the Flames have been a completely different team, and it's definitely promising and encouraging. Okay, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, let's uh, head back inside the Flames locker room on this Flames Talk postgame show. Let's check in with Jonathan Huberdo. Two points for Huberdo in this game this afternoon. His thoughts following a 5-2 win over the Islanders. Well, um, you know, kind of another another night where you guys get up and then, um, you know, really seem to kind of build as this game went on. What did you see uh, as this night? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's easier when you got, you got the lead, you know, 3-0 lead and held on to it. Obviously, they got a goal in the third, but you know, I think they, we, we didn't panic. And we stuck with our with our game plan. And another game, obviously, you know, Marky's been <laughs> tremendous for us. So I mean, it's easier to play in front of a goalie like this, that's making a lot of key saves. And um, you know, everybody worked. I think everybody was was going again tonight. So it's it's good to see. And you've seen Mackenzie for a lot of years. Is he taking Too another many. another level? <laughs> Too many. Is he yeah, taking I another mean, level? He's, I know. He, I mean, he's a good defense. He, he's unbelievable. I think and. Just a reward tonight, you know, getting his first hat trick and, you know, head down, just shoot the puck and it's going in this year, so it's nice. He said he, said he doesn't look at the net, so it's, it's good. And uh, obviously at the end, uh, I knew he was there, so I wanted to, for him to get his hat trick, yeah, for sure. He knew that you were going to give it to him. He, he said, said yeah, Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't shoot when there's a goalie, so imagine empty net, I'm not shooting. <laughs> but I knew, obviously, Weeks was there, and it's... Uh, you know, he doesn't get the opportunity to get a hat trick every game. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. He worked hard his whole life. Any chance he could help uh, Markstrom out with a shot? Yeah, he told me before he, he could lift it. So I don't know what's uh, what happened. But he said that we needed a low center to, to get to get the, the pipe. No, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was on the ice and he, he told me he was going to try at some point. So I thought, you know, up three goals. I think it's the time to, to try, and uh, obviously the ice sometimes, you know, it's not that good in the, in the, in the end of the third, but that would have been an epic night if you would have got it. You've been a point-per-game player since December 31st, and we all know December went for you before then, but what do you think has been the reason for your turnaround this season? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, New Year, 2024, right? 
Uh, I mean, just trying to play play hard every game, and you know, I didn't change much, but I think uh, you know, more working away from the puck, and I think keep it things more simple a little bit. So I think you know, tonight we, we did that. We didn't do anything like you know, our line. We didn't get much chances, but I think we didn't give up much. So that's you know, that's a good thing. Um, getting the early goal in an afternoon game, what does that do for you guys just as you settle into this type of game on a 1 o'clock Eastern Coast time and have a one nothing lead four minutes into the game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think time matters, but uh, I think it's just it's nice to get the lead in every game. So, I mean, I think we, we got a big lead, you know, two, three goals. So that's what we want to do every game. So I think lately we've been playing better, so we got to keep things going. I think it's it's nice to go on a streak, you know, and uh, it's, it's more, way more fun in the dressing room as well. So. That is Jonathan Huberdeau post-game. He had two more points as part of a Flames 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. Uh, it's time for the save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Another start for Jacob Markstrom between the pipes, and Jacob's save of the game comes in period at number three. Palmieri, barboards to Barzell. Minute 20 remaining in this Islanders power play. Barzell centers. Nelson, a one-timer. Terrific stop by Markstrom. Here's Horvat. Far side to Dobson. Dobson. Far circle to Barzal with a shot. Palmieri whacking and hacking away. And Markstrom's got it. That is one of the 35 stops made by Jacob Markstrom this afternoon. And that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And with 35 on 37, Jacob's save percentage will go up again. He entered the afternoon at 914. He's going to finish at uh, somewhere in the 915 range. Jacob Markstrom is having one of the best seasons amongst goaltenders in the NHL. He, he really is. Um, it, it is, at, at worst, top 10 in the NHL this season, the, uh, the year that Jacob Markstrom is having, unquestionably. I don't care how, what, what bias you might have for or against him. The numbers back it up. Like, we're talking about Jacob Markstrom in the Thatcher-Demko range. We're talking about Jacob Markstrom in uh, the range of some of the other really good goaltenders in the league this year. Is it Aiden Hill or Connor Hellebuck? Not quite. Or Swayman? No. But uh, when it's all said and done, when the numbers get updated, he'll be at 915 uh, for goalies with 25 or more starts. That puts him, just in terms of raw save percentage, right where you'd want him to be. And then when you start diving in on some of the other metrics, some of the goals above, uh, goals saved above expected, and high danger save percentage, those types of numbers, Markstrom looks even better than the raw 915. I'm sorry. I know he had a tough year last year, and I know he was much maligned last year, but let's give credit on the other end when it's due because he has been dynamite this year. He has been good all year. The numbers have finally started to catch up to him, and now what we've seen the last couple of months has been his uh, best stretch since the 21-22 season. No questions asked, but Jacob is having himself an outstanding season, and it's been that way since the beginning. Okay, let's get to the text line at 96960 dive in and get some of your thoughts before hitting the phone lines for the first time this afternoon as well starting with Anand who says uh, happy Saturday 
got a quick moment to sneak into text at work. Uh, great game by the boys. They didn't give up. Congrats to Uyghur for the hat trick, and that's now four wins in a row. Everyone's on fire, including Markstrom. A quick question. Since a Tanev trade is imminent, which team is more interested in him, would you say? Um, geez. And, and there's, I, I think Toronto's all over him, and they have been all year. I point to Toronto. I think Vancouver is going to continue to chase Tanev hard. Um, I, and we've already seen the Flames and Canucks connect on a couple of trades this year. I think New Jersey is a team to watch, although I don't know um, if, if a rental is exactly the way that they're looking right now. I think Colorado's a team to watch. I think Dallas is a team to watch. Um, and, and more. Like There are many teams that I think will be in on Chris Tanev when the Flames do decide to pull the trigger on that deal. This from Scotty in Victoria. Didn't get to watch the entire game, but so fired up for Uyghur and his Hattie. Guy's an absolute stud muffin. Have a great day, Pat. Go Flames. Um, this from John in Mesa who says, great game, great road trip. Why do you give uh, possession stats after every period? They're never relevant. Ozone time, okay. Um, well, that's what we give you. We give you ozone time. We give you shot share. We give you... Um, Derek gives you the raw ozone numbers, and, and I give you the shot share, which is, uh, I think, the best offensive possession metric that you're going to get in terms of the, the course of a game. So that's why, uh, because they are relevant. Um, if you don't think they are, that's fine, but I would disagree vehemently. Uh, this says expectations are low, pressure's off, and the Flames look comfortable in the underdog role. Good road trip no matter what happens against the Rangers. Seb from McKenzie says, loving the look of these hyenas these team this team rather looks like they really love playing with one another you love to see it um this says uh, from Cal and Red Deer, Uyghur, Norris, Zeri, Calder, Markstrom, Vesna, Coleman, Backland, Lady Bing. I don't know. I think the best chance would be Zeri for Calder. Uh, I think he's got a great opportunity to be one of the finalists. Uh, I think Uyghur for Norris, as much as he's putting up the goals, um, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily uh, expecting that. I don't think Markstrom's going to be able to work his way into the league-wide Vesna conversation, although there's been talk that, and, and there's numbers that suggest that he probably should be a little bit closer to that conversation than maybe he's getting credit for. Um, and I have no idea how to handicap the Lady Bing. I really don't. <laughs> I, I just, it's such a, such a weird trophy, and it's still strange to me. Um, that it exists. This says another four-game winning streak followed by another five to six-game losing streak. This is the most inconsistent team this year. I can't figure them out. I will say that what we've seen from them coming out of the All-Star break has been the most consistently strong um, that we've seen from the Flames this year. Leandro says, I didn't catch the third, but they looked good in the first two. How did Markey look in the final frame? Side note, who you got in the Super Bowl, KC or San Fran? Uh, I, I think Kansas City's going to win. I would like San Fran Francisco to win. Um, I don't really have a strong rooting interest, though, uh, but I do think Kansas City's going to win. Um, as for how did Markstrom look in the third, looked very good outside of his attempt at scoring a goal, which then led to a goal um, against 
otherwise, I think he looked really good and uh, was very, very important once the first goal went in in not letting the Islanders gain any additional momentum. So I thought Markstrom was a, a, a very important part of this win once again. Um, this says, the Muffin Man leads the NHL in goals by defenseman. Eat that, Makar. Uh, Huberto looks like a different player. Good on you. This from Dave in Altidore. Great effort again. Individual players tend to get all the credit. I think we overlook how valuable the Huska hiring's been. Excellent evaluator of individual talent. Um, and, and I agree. I think Huska's having himself a nice year one as head coach of the team. This reads, I can't describe how stoked I am that Markstrom went for that empty net twice. Me and the boys were going nuts, especially after those incredible saves he made before the second Islanders goal. Although they scored, he absolutely deserved to go for it. Markstrom's been so dialed in this season that I'd bet a mortgage payment. He'll work on that in practice and go for it again before the end of the season. Go, hyenas, go. Um, this reads, um, just let me, uh, quickly clear my throat. Thank you. Um, this reads, Pat, my thoughts of the Flames of late. Great effort from the team these last few games. Conroy's stamp on this team's starting to show and I'm now very encouraged by what I see. Whatever they have brought along with them on this road trip, they'll need double when taking on the Rangers as they've won four straight. Tanev needs to play as he's playing an important role in the way the Flames are showing up on the ice. Sitting him down now because of fear of him getting hurt will just send the wrong message to the team and the fans go flames go um this from jason in Kelowna, pat as a flames fan i don't know how to feel i want to get draft picks and young players i want to make the playoffs they need to trade hannafin and tanev but how do they go from a good blue line to an average blue line they need to avoid a poor blue line if they want to make the playoffs um well a big part of that would be oliver shillington elevating a little bit more if they trade hannafin when i think is fair to say they trade Tanev, Shillington's going to take on even more inside the top four. So that's going to have to be a big part of what we see. And and I think that will be a big part of, of how the Flames keep their blue line from not having a massive fall off. That, that would be my answer to that. Jason. And finally from Neil in the nor- in the Northeast, these guys just keep on rolling and they've got to be enjoying themselves out there. Solid group performance and a few standouts. Clearly Mackenzie Weegers feeling it and even with a muffin of a shot of a career best season keeps getting better. Is this their first four game win streak this season and what kind of record puts them in a playoff position by points percentage before the March 8th deadline? Um, I don't know that answer. I don't know what the points percentage would need to be to be in a playoff spot. Um, but uh, that and that's a lot of math on the fly, and you know I'm no good at that. Uh, I can answer that this is their second four-game win streak of the season. Um, I think where they are right now, if if the Flames can be a slightly above 500 team, like I don't know how many games they've got between now and the trade deadline. I'll, I'll quickly do that math because I can count uh, most of the time. Uh, the March 8th trade deadline is there, so before now and then, including uh, Monday's game, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So if they can go like 6, 3, and 1 in their next 10 games, then a uh, good chance that they're in a playoff spot. That That would be the way that I would phrase that. I don't know that for sure, but that feels like that would 
put them in a decent spot to be in a playoff position when the uh, when the trade deadline hits. Uh, keep the text coming at 960-960, and uh, let's get your phone calls going now. Give us a call at 403-240-4444. Got a couple of lines open if you want to chat on this Saturday afternoon. Flames take a 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. They've won four in a row and three straight off the All-Star break. This is your Flames Talk post-game show. It's Steinberg with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's uh, kick it off by saying hello to our buddy Wedley. Wedley, you're going first. What's happening, buddy? Oh, vibes are immaculate, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How was your visit with your brother? It was good, man. Yeah, so that's the first time you saw them since their wedding, or have you seen them before? Oh, no, that? I've seen them plenty since then. I try oh. to I try to see them as much as I can. Oh, that's good. I still can't believe you're on vacation and still doing work. Uh, give me a chuckle, but I call you the hardest man, working man in radio, so keep it up. Thank you, uh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep things positive because, oh, man, you know it gets to me. I'm all about Team Tank, and, uh, well, I like to live in the moment. Whatever happens, happens. Team Tank is angry about this win, but whatever. Let them do what they want. But I said it the last time we talked, you can't teach these guys to lose. You just can't. It didn't work for the Oilers. Uh, the Sens, name many teams, you know, and I know there are teams that are bottomed out and eventually got a cup, but as long as those guys are still in the team, you got to keep trying to win. And once they trade them, still try to win. If you bottom out and miss the playoffs, so be it. But... We're not catching Chicago. We're not catching San Jose. So I'm glad the guys are having fun. I'm glad they're smiling. I'm glad Huberto looks more like the Huberto I drafted many times in my hockey pool. Um, and I'm happy for Weger. You know, he had the slow start uh, from the trade. And and I, it baffles me that he doesn't get Hockey Canada mentions because he played really well at the Worlds last yeah, that was last year. I bet it? he's on Hockey yeah. Canada's radar. Um, yeah. I, I know that, he, you know, on the outside, you know, people mm-hmm. picking teams haven't pointed to him. But you go to a yeah. Worlds and and you do what Mackenzie Weger did, yeah. He, yeah. He, I can guarantee you he is on Hockey Canada's radar. Hockey Canada is one of those organizations. And, look, I mean, I know they've been very much maligned over the last little bit and, and deservingly yeah. so. But when it comes to picking their national teams and when – picking their Olympic teams, especially when you go to Worlds and you perform at Worlds and you show a commitment and, and, you know, decide not to turn them down, that goes a long way for for them picking Mm -hmm. the team. Again, I'm not guaranteeing a spot or anything, but I'm I'm hoping he gets a little, like there's still a little time, but I hope he gets a look and I hope he continues his strong play because what people don't realize when you lose, like hypothetically, let's say Tanev and Hannafin are deleted off this team. Him and Anderson are definitely going to carry the, have to carry the load. Not the only ones, mm-hmm. but you know. So, fingers crossed. Like uh, I, Tanifin, you get what you get. But uh, I'm still hoping Hannafin signs. You can't replace God. The, the age is still fine. I know it's up to him. I, I don't think it's a money or term issue. I think it really comes down to does he want to spend the next eight years in Canada or not? And if he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm not going to call him anti-Canadian, but. That's going to be. A huge I mean, he's goal. American. Like, I mean, yeah, France or Canada, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think he's. A, sometimes American guys want to play in the U.S. I mean, I, I, there's there's nothing wrong with that, and yeah. I, I think that it comes down to there, there's no question about whether or not 
Noah likes being in Calgary, likes being yeah. a flame. He does. That that is unquestioned. Um, mm-hmm. on the record, off the record, Noah Hannafin has thoroughly enjoyed his time as a member of the Flames. He doesn't want out of here. It's yeah. more that he's in a position where he gets to choose where he plays. And yeah. so if a guy from the Northeast United States wants to go to Florida or wants to be closer to home and go to Boston or, uh, well, that would be at home, or somewhere else in yeah. the Northeast U.S., I don't think you can really blame him. It's it's not – he's an unrestricted free agent. And yeah. so if, if he tells the Flames that, yeah, I probably am going to look to go closer to home or south the border as a UFA, well, then if you're the Flames, you shake his hand and say, we got to trade you between now and March 8th, right? Do you think he'll give a decision by the end of this road trip? Or I, no? I don't know. I mean, there's yeah. been the, – and the Flames have been hoping to get a answer for him for a little while, and that's not to say they're frustrated with him or anything like that. But yeah. um, I, I, they'll get an answer from him at some point, and if they don't have an answer by the time that they're ready to start going down the trade route, they'll still go down the trade route, I believe. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's funny how all the big L. Conroy guys have disappeared all of a sudden. I trust Conroy. He's done quite well in his trade so far. And I know he's not going to win them all. But uh, if there's a guy that uh, I'm more confident in him making the correct trade for our team going forward. So, like I said, if we make the playoffs, great. If we don't, we don't. But I'm not going to willingly say they have to lose these games. Uh, That's not in my DNA. And I don't know. I just don't think it's good for the young guys like Zari and them, you know. And those guys have said it themselves. This whole hyena thing that they're going with, they know people are think they're done, especially after the Lindholm trade. So I'm glad that they're pushing, you know, keep mm-hmm. it going. Keep it going. Whatever happens, happens. So two quick questions and I'll let you go. Is it going to be heads or tails on the coin? And what song is Usher going to start with? Oh, I'm going to go heads. And what song is Usher going to start with? I'm going to say, oof. I was hoping my way because that's that's my favorite song by him. I'm going to say, you know what's a good opener from Usher? I'm going to go Caught Up. I'm going to say Caught Up is the way that he starts. Awesome, man. I hope you He will definitely. Is he going to close with Yeah? Will that be his closing song? Yeah, Because that would be also a banger of an opener, but it feels like a better closer. That feels like a closer as well, so. Yeah, he's got quite quite the catalog. Most of those, his songs is back in my partying days, so I'll have a little nostalgia. <laughs> Outlaws basically played a lot of his songs, so Outlaws, uh, what a spot. Outlaws and Palace, what a so. spot. Ah, uh, we can throw in Spin Metro too, but anyways, yeah, all uh, good, man. I, I hope you get to enjoy the game tomorrow. Uh, you know, get some rest and watch it. I I'm a Cowboys fan, so I don't like either team, but whatever. Nope. Just hoping for a good game. Uh, yeah, me too. Hopefully it's enjoyable. Yeah. I really don't have any rooting interest. I'm just kind of no. sick of the Chiefs. So if the 49ers want to win, I'd be fine with that. Hard for me there. I know. For you arrival. as a Cowboys guy, that would be hard. I get that. Yeah. I'll just hope for a good game. That's all. So. Thanks, Wed. All right, man. Thanks. Good talking to you. Take Good care. to hear from you, man. Uh, hey, we are pretty thin on the phone lines on a Saturday afternoon. Flames are playing some good hockey. They've won four in a row. Give us a call, 403-240-4444. It's uh, our Flames Talk postgame show. Pat Steinberg along with you on a Saturday afternoon as Eric is with us. What's up, Eric? Yeah, hi, Pat. I am uh, calling you from Norway. Calling from Norway? Hello. Yes. I think that is a first for yeah, us. Yeah, I've... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've um, I moved to Calgary back in 2000, lived there for a couple of years, and I've been uh, been a fan of the team since. So, are you so are you uh, like Nor- Norwegian by birth? Yeah, I am. 
and and obviously um, Norwegians speak better English than we do, and uh, you could pass for somebody from Calgary easily. Uh, your English is so good. How we doing, Eric? Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I hardly knew a word of English when I came to Calgary, so I mean, it's I learned to speak there. Um, so I'm I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> you should you should hear me. I'm I'm. You know, I'm pretty proficient in French, but you should hear me try to speak French. It's not as good as your English. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Um, anyways, I've, I've been listening to you uh, for, for a long time now, but I figured um take the opportunity now that we have an early game to, to call in. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's on your mind? Um, well, I mean, first of all, I guess, I mean, we're like 130 games into the new era if you want to call it that and I mean I still don't know what this team is but after the all-star break it's been it's been really really good it's been a real like this is the the best hockey they've played all season this might be the best I've seen the Flames look since the beginning of last season when they started five and one they looked like a pretty good team then before things went off the rails but this right now is the best I've seen them look since then. These three games out of the break have been dynamite for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I, I, um, I, I very rarely watch the games live. I just listen to the show and watch highlights and stuff the day after. But uh, I, I like the new direction that they're going in now. Obviously, given more opportunities to younger players, and um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not team tank because I, I would never, I, I just can't catch myself you know cheering for the team to lose but um you know it's probably a good idea to try something different than what they've done for the past year and a half so that's good yeah and i don't and and i honestly don't think that was ever even thought about i think i think what the plan has been since craig conroy took over is see if they can um see if they can re-sign some of their unrestricted free agents that they targeted and said they'd like to re-sign. They tried with Lindholm. Obviously, that didn't work. They were pretty far apart. They tried with Toffoli, but the term was too far apart. Um, You know, they didn't really get into discussions um, because the initial ask from Zadorov was was just not where the Flames were willing to go, so they never really had contract talks with Zadorov. Um, And, you know, they... They they tried a little bit with Tanev, but again the just the overall gap between where Tanev's camp was and the Flames were in the initial conversations they they, they kind of haven't really had substantial contract talks and obviously they're trying with Hannafin so and then when they haven't been able to re-sign those guys they have pivoted very quickly to trading them and have pivoted very quickly to, to trying to maximize them as assets. And so that has always been part of the plan um, and, and making sure that they don't waste assets. And then the other part of the plan, kind of in conjunction with that, has been getting younger. And the, the trades have helped get the Flames younger and bringing players in from the American League has helped the Flames get younger. And and that also has, has been on display play for the Flames. So, yeah, I don't think ever Craig Conroy even ever considered going team tank and instead has been very adamant about getting younger slowly, steadily, and on the fly. And, and I think so far, so good in that regard. Yeah, the, yeah, that makes sense, definitely. I think um, uh, Hedefin, you know, I'm fine either way. You know, if the like, if it's seven and a half, I mean, that's fine to give him that, but uh, any 
go above that. And I think the trade is probably the better option. And it might be anyway. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, just a couple things I'd like to um, quickly talk about here. One uh, being um, Shillington's return this year. I yeah. think uh, that's been the main main positive for me, at least. I mean, a year ago, I thought uh, I, I thought we weren't going to see him back on the ice again. So, yeah, that's been a huge positive. Um, the other is the goalie situation. Uh, obviously, do you know how long Vladar will be out now? Uh, I don't. It's been kind of vague. You kind of, I, I think it's fairly minor. Um, and so I don't think we're talking about this being a, a long-term thing, but enough that he had to, to miss some time. He will, at, at, at earliest, he'll be able to return, uh, next Thursday when they take on San Jose would be the earliest he'd be able to return to action because he got hurt on Thursday. If you go on IR, you have to be out a week. So at least a week is how long we'll be talking about him being out. Um, and and from there, it doesn't sound like it's anything too major beyond that. But uh, the earliest he'll be, be back is, is Thursday against San Jose. Yeah, I see. Yeah, because like, I've been, like my view on the Wolf situation i mean i've been a fan of like being patient up until now but i think i'm am i right that he's going to be waiver eligible next season actually um turns out he is not waiver eligible he will remain waiver exempt next year um i know that that's been thrown out a lot um but actually um he just based on his age and uh, based on his time he will have one more year of waiver exemption so he will not be waiver eligible for next year so the flames will still have that option um i don't think that that is really going to change the plan i think that they would like to have dustin in the nhl for next year yeah because i I was going to say that i think we're probably coming reaching a point now where we need to uh where we need to figure out whether he can be a full-time manager or not and i I think he will be but uh um i think we're kind of coming to the point now where we have to you know cut our losses on ladar whether we get like a third or fourth rounder whatever it is um, I think Markstrom is staying at least until the summer. I think he, I think he wants to stay, and obviously he has complete control over that, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no Wolf. I mean, coming going into next season, where that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I ho- I hope they make the playoffs, but um, I'm I'm not really sure about that at the moment. So if if Wolf can get you know a few more games now before the end of the, this season. He'll be better prepared for next season. That's that's where I'm at on that. Yeah, and that's fair. And I, I think that I, I think even the Flames would would be pretty on board with that ideally. But you have to find the trade partner. And I, I just I don't get the sense that there is um, a ton of interest out there in Vladar right now. Yeah, I remember. I think it was Friedman who said that uh, last week or something as well. So yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, no, uh, that was uh, that was all I had for for tonight, and hopefully there's another early game eventually, and I might uh, might give you uh, you another call. Yeah, what? It's about uh, it's about just before eleven o'clock there. Correct. Yeah, I'm eight hours ahead of you guys. So. Yeah. Well, uh, you uh, you call back any time. Uh, there's a couple more early-ish games uh, next week. They're uh, 10 p.m. starts your time um, for a couple of home games coming up. So hopefully at the very least nice. you can watch those games live. Yeah, for sure. we Will do. Okay, man. Well, that's awesome, Eric. You have yourself a, uh, a great day, Skull, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again. Call back any time. That was awesome. Yeah.
Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. Or probably not night for you yet, anyway. <laughs> not not quite. Not quite. But we'll be fair. It'll, it'll be night when I'm when I'm done anyway. So uh, yeah, we'll talk yeah, again. Yeah. That was awesome, man. Yeah. Take care. You too. Um, that was cool, Eric in Norway. Um, that is another. Uh, that's another international addition to the Flames Talk post game family. Geez, we've got. Uh, we, we've gone like we've got. We know about George in South Carolina, and we know about some of our. Uh, I, I think Terry calls from California. We've got uh, a few others that call from around the United States. We got some Canadian callers outside of Calgary, uh, like Travis calls from Edmonton. We've got, um, we've got now, so Norway, we've had a few from the UK, we've had uh, Hong Kong, we've had Australia, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see how international the whole thing goes, and now we add Scandinavia to the list, Hoken Lube called from Sweden, so yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're hitting all four corners of the globe. I know that that is not geometrically accurate, but you know what I mean. Let's uh, continue along on our uh, Flames Talk post-game show following a Flames 5-2 win over the Islanders. Say hello to Colin on the phone lines today. What's up, Colin? Hey, how you doing? Well, I am, I'm calling from Tuscany. That, you know, if, if you live where I live, that's a long way away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to, to mention a couple of things. Uh, on, and most of them are along the lines of love what the Flames are doing. Uh, making the changes, I, I feel like uh, the attitude and, and the team's getting lighter, and they're, and they're playing a little bit more free. Uh, my fear is uh, not to put on the brakes and 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 keep on with making some of these changes that uh, that we're all expecting, like Tanev, Hannafin. You know, if you got these players that don't want to be here, you know, it's time it's time to to let them go and, and let somebody else take those spots. Uh, I love the Kuzmenko Lindholm deal, and uh, really love the Pospisil signing. Uh, I, th- you know, I really thought Pospisil brings us something that we haven't had in a while. I'm thinking of Garnett Hathaway type player. Uh, that um, I thought great signing, and Conroy's really, uh, really been impressing me the way that uh, he's been making his deals lately. Yeah, and I mean, okay, so so first of all, I uh, just want to clarify. So you're you're kind of what what you're saying is don't get um, don't get fooled or don't get um, enamored by the the last three games. Still, kind of stick to the plan when it comes to looking to the future. Is that kind of the the gist of the the first part? Yeah, that's exactly right. I, you get a bit of a taste. Hey, we're still in a playoff run. You're you're at a you're at a potential where we're retooling might work. Uh, and, uh, and, and the vibes around the team, obviously, the last uh, four games have, have been really strong. Uh, but don't, don't get fooled into thinking, well, let's make a run. You know, I think if the guys get in, it might not be a long run, and, and then you're going to be left out with some of these opportunities to develop some new, uh, new spots in the team. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think anything is going to be – like, I don't think that any long-term move is going to be – influenced at this point by any stretch of a few games. I think that um, if you're talking about uh, if you're talking about some of these decisions with with long-term implications, 
I think the course has already been plotted based on what we've seen from the Flames in the prior 125 or 130 games and, and also based on contract negotiations and, and maybe them being too far apart, uh, the two sides being too far apart. So I, I don't think you have to worry about that. The only thing that I would add is, you know, once the deals are made, once the decisions are, are formalized, doesn't mean the Flames still can't be a team that that pushes and tries to go to the playoffs, and they they can still make the moves that you know you believe are are proper and need to be made. But that doesn't mean they wave the white flag and and kind of uh, check out on the season. You know, I think that what you've seen since the Lindholm trade, for instance, is a team who's done the exact opposite of that. Yeah, I agree, uh, and uh, I'm a big Markstrom fan. Don't get me wrong, but his contract, his age, and just the timing with where that team is still makes uh, make, makes sense to me that he may go. Uh, I, I'm also one that uh, believes strongly that, you know, you've got a, a good situation to have uh, Vladar and Wolf playing 50-50 uh, and, and really seeing what we've got there and uh, and giving Wolf a chance. I... I, I it's been a long time. It always feels like me, like we're developing goalies that we don't ever get them to market. They end up playing for somebody else. I I still think that there is a chance that um, they they move Markstrom. I just don't think it'll be between now and the trade deadline. I think it would be more likely, and that could be wrong, but I think it'll be more likely to happen uh, in the off season. Yeah. Oh, it's good. No, it's exciting. Just uh, glad to get in and uh, and talk to you guys. Uh, glad the Flames are going the way they are right now. Well, I appreciate the call, Colin, and uh, all the way out there in Tuscany. Um, stay, stay warm. Do you, have, do you have electricity all the way out there? Just kidding. Have uh, have a great uh, have a great rest of your day, Colin. I appreciate the call, man. That was good. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Colin. Um, that was the, the Tuscany joke is because we went from Eric in Norway to Colin in Tuscany. It's slightly closer to us than, than Norway is. Uh, we say hello to Robbie following a 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. What's up, Robbie? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. I had, uh, I had three, uh, three items for you. The first one was, is yeah, I think everybody in here is on board with the idea that uh, – Everybody would love to see the Flames go on a run and, and, and have a chance at the playoffs. But when you look at the teams that they're fighting with, none of them are particularly scary. You look at L.A., who's in free fall, Nashville, St. Louis. I think if Markstrom continues to play the way he's playing, they've got as good a chance as any of those to, to get one of those two wildcard spots. Yeah, and I, I, like, I, do, think, I do think it'll be um... – become a little bit more difficult when Tanev's no longer here. Tanev is such an important part of what they do in so many different facets, and I think that the difference that you'll notice with Tanev not in the lineup will be very, very palpable. In saying that, 
I, I also don't think it means that they have to wave the white to- towel and will just become a complete nutter also, ran. And the biggest reason why is for the guy that you just talked about in Markstrom. And if they do end up trading Hannafin, which at the very least is a decent possibility, then they're going to become they're, they're going to also be losing another one of their most important defensemen and, and their most steady pairing, right? So, you know, there, there's definitely still some things to be figured out here in, in terms of how this is all going to play out. But for sure, I think the way Markstrom is playing, even with the deals that they may or may not make here, I think that we're going to be talking about a goalie that can keep them competitive in the standings for a good uh, for a good while longer. Yeah, totally agree. And then the the second point I wanted to raise was, you know, with the Kuzmenko deal, it looks like the the you know the three and now four lines uh, on on forward really seem to be solidifying themselves sort of begs the question of, you know, where does Coronado fit moving forward uh, just with how good that Kuzmenko, Huberto, um, Sharon Govich line looks, obviously the, the backroom line is what it is. And then the Kadri line really uh, continuing to play well, you know, where do you think he fits moving forward? Well, I mean, there's still there's there's it's still only been three games with Kuzmenko here, so let's let's see how that plays itself out. Let's see how um, that continues. Um, I also think that you know there's a chance that at some point the Flames might be uh, interested or or swayed to think about flipping a guy like Kuzmenko if more offers come to the table or if teams come chasing him. That's something that I don't think is off the table uh, by any stretch. Um, but let's see how that line continues to go. Um, I, I've had really no issue with it uh, so far through the first three games. I thought it's been good, in fact. And, and also, when, when talking about that and when you talk about the four lines, what, what really impresses me about that when talking about things, Robbie, is the fact that the four lines all kind of have an identity right now, too. Uh, the Huberdeau line, once again, do you know how many defensive zone face-offs the Huberdeau line took as a, a trio today? The answer is none. I think they've taken two or three defensive draws, like started their shifts in the defensive end. I think it's happened two, maybe three times in three games. So they've got a role. They've got a role to go out there and be offensive. That leaves the Backland line and the Rooney line with a lot of defensive draws and kind of leads the Kadri line in the middle. Um, and so now you, it feels like each line has a more defined role in the way that the, the coaching staff is going to use them, which is really interesting too. As for how Coronado fits, let's see. Let's see how this plays out. Injuries, of course, always play into it. I don't think it's completely out of the question that another forward might be dealt, even though there's no UFA forwards remaining in, in terms of in the lineup right now. I still don't think it's out of the question they they would be or could be um, swayed to making another move at forward if they get themselves an offer. So that, that would be – and then come off season, then there's all kinds of different things that could happen. But for the rest of the year, um, injuries as it stands right now or uh, another move would be, I think, how Coronado gets himself back in. Interesting. And then the last, uh, the last one I had was, you know, with Conroy uh, at, the, at the helm now, I think the you know the Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko deals are are really interesting and and I'm not sure are deals that you know under Treliving that he necessarily would have uh, looked to undertake. Uh, 
I was reading an interesting uh, article the other day that said Kuzmenko is actually the first Russian player we've had on the roster since Oleg Saprikin, uh, so quite some time. So I just thought it was interesting that, you know, Conroy taking it in a different direction, maybe trying to bring a bit of a different complexion in terms of players he's trying to add into the fold. Yeah, it's uh, – it's and, and I mean with – Kuzmenko, that was a player that they needed to bring back because, and and it wouldn't be on the roster. It might be uh, it might be forward because they just had Zadorov. So um, they they it must be it must be Russian forward that they right. haven't had in a while because That's- Zadorov was just here. But I think I think that is correct. I can think of a few defensemen, but I can't think of a forward that they've had on this roster that that hails from Russia in in a long time so but yeah I, I I think that there is something to what you're saying in terms of the types of players that Craig Conroy has targeted um, the age range that I think he's going to keep on targeting I think there's absolutely something to that yeah well thanks Pat for taking my call I'll uh, I'll hang up and let others dial in good stuff Robbie be well hey you too. Bye bye. Thanks, man. We'll take uh, one more before we uh, head back inside. Take a few more, actually, before we head back inside the Flames locker room following a Flames 5 2 win over the New York Islanders. Tony is up next. What's up, Tony? Hey, Pat. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Oh, not bad. Long time no talk. Yes, sir. You've been a stranger. Yeah. yeah I have. Hey, it's got a few things here, bud. Uh, sure. I know I'm going to. I got that Lindholm trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's all right, it's all right. I wish they would have got a a center prospect back, because that's what we're gonna that's what we, we're lacking right now. And uh, and Kuzmenko is if if he turns out to be a twenty thirty goal scorer, we win this we win this uh, deal for sure, because we can always flip him for a second or first at the next trade deadline, right? Good. That's what I yep. Think. But I mean and and. Uh, and the thing is with the uh, like Canada and Noah Hannafin, if you can't sign Noah Hannafin, I, I would overpay and try to keep Tanev if he would be willing to stay if you overpay him. And why I'm saying this, why because I'm, I'm saying this is Tanev, whoever plays with this guy, plays is, is always they have they have good uh, games, right? Like he he brings the best out of his partners for sure. So if we ha- say we lose Noah, we got Tanev, we still have four decent defensemen, like four, you know, above average defensemen. Mm-hmm. And with our draft capital, we can concentrate on trying to find the centers that we need, or even by trades, by getting some, uh, you know what I mean? That's- I, I understand the logic, actually. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I'm on board with, like, the, the opinion 100% myself, which is fine, but, like, I, I think it's good logic, um, and I understand why you say it. I still think moving him uh, is the way to go, um, and, and I do wonder if at this point, you know, the, the ship's already out to sea. I wonder if it, I, I wonder if it can be um, – at this stage in the game, even reeled back in on that front. So I, I, I would still be looking at moving him myself, Tony, but I understand why you say that, and I, I get the logic. I think it's fair. Okay, if they're going they, okay, to trade him, say, Tom, why are they playing him? I, I don't care about it. If you have two weeks, you don't play him. If this guy gets hurt, we're going to get nothing. Yeah, we talked I, about that yesterday on the show on, on, on Friday's Flames Talk, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm of that opinion myself, too, if something is close, I'm not. I, I don't believe you do that 
if you just because you've decided that you're probably going to trade a guy, I don't think you sit him down. But the minute something becomes even close to imminent, I think you have to do it. Or the minute that you were like, yeah, I think it's good. he's going to go to this team, I, I, I think that's when you have to start doing it. So I, I don't – it doesn't feel like it's there yet, Tone. So that that's probably why we haven't seen that happen yet. But I – again, I understand why you're, you're not alone in, in having that thought about just sitting him, period. I, I get why you say it. Wouldn't be what I would do or the way that I would think that they should do it, but I get why you do. Yeah, like if you think the fact if they get rid of Tanner and Noah Hannison, this is a rebuild. It because you have too many weaknesses now on defense, on uh, your center position. You're gonna have weight. It, it's it, you are you're gonna you're gonna kill both center and defense. You're gonna have to rebuild both. No, that's the way I'm looking at it. Because on defense, who, who, on, on defense, who, 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 who's gonna replace these guys? Well, I mean, they they still would have if they trade both Hannafin and Tanev, they'll still have Shillington, they'll still have Anderson, and they'll still have Uyghur. So I I think that they and so they and they'll have money in free agency to go out and and see what they can add there, see if they can kind of solidify that top four. So are you are you going to sign Shillington? I, I, I think they will. Yeah, I think they will. You yep. think so? Yep. Okay. Now I want to ask you. So Shillington, if you re-sign him, can you sign him for less money or? Because he signed up a certain amount, it has to only go up. Can it come back down? No, he he'll be he he can sign for less. And and I I don't know what that's going to end up looking like, but I do think I I do know that there's a lot of gratitude from the Shillington camp in terms of how the last little while was just how how everything was was handled and how supportive and empathetic and and in his corner the flames were the entire time while he was battling through what he was battling i know there's a lot of gratitude there so i I don't think that uh, a contract negotiation at the end of this year is going to become overly contentious when it comes to the flames in shillington i think he's grateful for how everything's gone and and how he was um supported during this whole thing and and obviously i think the flames would love to keep him yeah like you got like kind of man i i know you could, he's, he's gone 99%, but I mean, for a rebuilding team, for the young D coming in, he's a great role model, you know what I mean? Like, no, no dis, you're not getting any disagreement on that front with me in terms of like, what he would, would you, be or mean. But the other thing is, if they are doing that, even if you do what you say and that is overpay him, does that even get it done? I, I go, go back and watch when Tanev was on After Hours with Scott and Eric a couple weeks ago and, and the amount of time he spent talking about getting to a Stanley Cup final in his first year in the league with Vancouver and having never been back and, and how much that drives him. This guy's 34. He's an unrestricted free agent. He knows, he knows the style of hockey he plays. Like, as much as he does it and does it without hesitation, he also knows he plays a very taxing brand of hockey. So I think that he knows that he's got a finite time left being able to physically play in the league. So I, I think that there is a desire for him to imminently get a chance to, to go and play for a cup. You know what they should do, Pat? A side big deal. Say, listen, Tanner, we'll trade you to a contender. You come back next year, we'll sign you for... Even three year, five million a year. I know people say I'm nuts to do that, but but what again? <laughs> if he wants to win a cup, is is that where he's going to do it next year too? Ah, uh, you know, well, hopefully you 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 trade him to the right team. 
then he wins the cup. Oh, so then he wins just, the cup and then yeah. comes back. Exactly. Oh, well, it's you as know, easy as that then. Up. Just do that. Yeah, exactly. Choose the like, team you know, that's going to win the Stanley Cup and then yeah. trade him there and then, exactly. yeah, bring him back. Oh, well, that's that's easy, because Tony. I, I, You've solved I, everything. I, I don't want Calgary to be a bottom feeder next year because then Montreal's getting our pick. I don't want that. I, I don't – honestly, I don't think that's what we're going to see either. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll see what's happening. Like, they're playing really good now, man. Like, but I, like I mean, so when are we going to finally see we're not having the center is going to hurt us, right? Like, who knows? Uh, it's like we've, we've gone from remember being down the middle really strong and now. <laughs> but, well, I mean, they still have Backlund and Kadri, and Sharon yeah. Govich has, has stepped in and been okay there. So it's not like they have completely depleted themselves right now down the middle. But I sure like these young guys that he, they they brought up. Pat, like you know, they they brought some energy to this lineup. And no doubt about that, for sure. That. Yeah, man. Look, okay, that's all I have, brother. Good, good to hear from you. Don't you. be a stranger. I won't. I'll be uh, calling more often now. Okay, good. Thanks, Tone. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. See you, man. Take one more call before we go back inside the Flames locker room. Phone lines remain open though at four zero three two four zero forty four forty four. Text line remains open at nine sixty nine sixty. It's Flames Talk post game show, and we say hello to Travis. What's up, Trav? Hey, Patty. What's up? Thanks for the shout out, man. I like, oh, I better call in. Ah, yeah, <laughs> as soon as I, you know, Travis in Edmonton, we're we're global. I was, I was listening, so I like, oh, I better call. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't I, – I obviously, Craig Conner, I think, has a vision at this point already. I think he's – I think he knows what he's what his plans are and what he's doing. And I don't think we've ever heard a full full teardown rebuild at any point. So, so I don't see us going in that direction. Um, I think it's pretty clear he wants to get younger and give younger players a chance to play. And I think that's the direction we'll see. Um, even when he chatted, and I don't know exactly what it was, but he said, you know, if there's an opportunity maybe to get a player that's, you know, 24 and under or something, I believe, um, you know, it's something we'd look at. So it, it's kind of like when Vancouver flipped out the player and, and then flipped the pick and, and got the defenseman there. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not saying Connor is going to do that this year at the deadline, but could he do that in the off season? I'm, sh- I'm sure he can. And like you say, if, if if Hannafin and and Tanef are gone off gone off this team, and you don't bring back substantial long term um, salary with that. Um, I, I think there's lots of opportunity in the off season to to do some tweaks and and make us competitive again too, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and you know the team's playing well right now for sure in the last four games, but. But but they're Jekyll Hyde. They're a very Jekyll and Hyde team to begin with. So it's not like I, we're going to see them rip off 10-game 10, 10 winning streak. I'm sure they're going to lose a few back-to-back at some point. But And then, like you say, when you take when you take your second pairing D-man away, and I don't think you're bringing back necessarily that type of player back, I, I think you'll you'll see this team struggle a bit more, obviously. I think it'll definitely it'll definitely have an impact. I don't think there's any way around that when you're talking about the type of players that we're referring to. If if they do end up moving both Tanev and Hannafin, uh, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna make a, a noticeable difference to the way they play. There's just no ifs ands or or buts around it. Now, what would help mitigate it 
and would would help it being a massive debilitating drop off is Oliver Shillington specifically stepping into a top four role and and really thriving and and I could I could see that happening so um, that could definitely help mitigate the type of giant drop off it could be but it's just when you're talking about Tanev and you're talking about Hannafin and their contributions this year, if they both get traded and you're not, to your point, bringing back something that's going to even close to replace what, what those guys are all about, yeah, it, it's it's going to have an on-ice impact. Yeah, like I think you could maybe bring back an Oscar player that will like mitigate or like um, make the loss not so substantial, but if you're just bringing back pure prospects and picks and, and – and you think people in the organization are going to replace those players. It's not happening. Obviously we hope Shillington, you know, before he went out with, with the things he was suffering from, he had a pretty good season there. So, you know, at some point you're hoping maybe he gets back to that point, but obviously I don't think you just automatically just regain, regain that form immediately. It's, It's only been, you know, a handful of games so far. So I think there's still some time for him to grow into that. Yeah, Um, for sure. You know, overall, though, it's, uh, you know, the Flames had a little bit of lulls there, but they've been a pretty fun team to watch overall this season. So, you know, they put a lot of effort in and they try. Um, so it, it's fun to watch them for sure. And we've we've got to watch, you know, the, the emergence of Zaria. So I think that's a real big positive for this team this year. Um, right now you're seeing Huberto, you know, look a lot better than he has, obviously putting up some points and, and he's never going to live up to the contract. But, you know, if you can can get him back to that 70 to 80 point range over the next few seasons, I think that's super important for this team. And and then obviously just have some other people. Backman's been super steady. Coleman's having a great year. I, I feel like we could get a bit more out of Rasmus Anderson this year. But, but um, how do you feel about Rasmus this year? I think he's had I, – I think he's been – Good. Um, I, I think there's been some things that he would have liked to um, check off a little bit more. I, I think that the the biggest thing that I think, even if you were to talk to him, that would make it just a, a good, not great year for him. And I, I think he'd be the first to say this, honestly, is that hasn't really been able to take that number one power play quarterback job and, and make it his. Um, that's been more of a rotation of players. And so I think for a guy who who was looking to take an offensive step this year, I think he'd be the first to tell you that maybe that hasn't gone according to plan and maybe some some more work is needed there. So I think it's been a I don't think it's been a bad season for him, um, but I just I don't know if it's been a it hasn't been a breakout year. It hasn't been a, a um, astounding year either. Yeah, most definitely. It's, and it's kind of crazy to see Winger with 15 goals now. That's, uh, like, what's he on pace for? He's got to be on pace for, like, 24 goals or something, no? Well, I, I didn't, I haven't done you, the math. And, if no, you no, count in today, so. this was game 52, <laughs> right? So if you count in today, so it's 15 divided by 52 times 82. Uh, he's on pace for, yeah, 23-24. Good math. <laughs> this is again. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, hey man, we'll we'll just let this play out. I think I, I like Conroy a lot, and I think he has a really good hockey brain, and I I think um, I think he's the man for the job. So I, I have a lot of trust in him, and 
And um, I think he can have this, this team going in a really positive direction in the next few years. And I obviously it's already started this year. And I think we're going to see a lot more to come here with these next two trades because you, you could get a substantial amount of um, draft capital and prospects with these next two. You know, if, even if Hanef gets you or Tanef gets you a second, a second and a prospect, and I think you would say Hanef should get you a, a first, a prospect, and a, and a roster player, some, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's five more assets you're adding into the organization with some of the ones you already got. And, and I think there's some, some exciting guys in the, in the prospect pool. Coronado's obviously been great in the minors this year. I think Hanzik is, I, I think, obviously, there's probably some hopeness to what he can become in the future, just a big guy with some with some good skills and, and then you got a couple of those young defensemen, the one they traded for now, you got Poirier and then ETN Moran. So I, I think just overall, if you look at the group of young players that there's some excitement there. And obviously I don't think they're all going to pan out and be, be studs, but you know, if, if even half or a few of those pan out, I think, I think it's exciting with, with the players that we've already brought up this year. So, yeah, you know, it, it takes time, and we're not going to see direct results immediately. But over the next two, three, four years, if Connor can grow this into something special, I think um, that's super exciting as a, as a fan. So that's all I got, Pat. Okay, Trev. Good to hear yeah, from you, man. Day. Be well. Yeah. Thank you. You as well. Thanks, man. Uh, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Following a Flames 5-2 win over the New York Islanders on a Saturday afternoon. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for the Player with Heart today, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And I'm going to go Kevin Rooney as the Player with Heart today. Didn't pick up a point, but uh, Rooney played 12 minutes and 37 seconds as Cal He's number four center, um, played a minute and 11 of shorthanded time. Uh, the Flames only had one penalty kill in this game, and he played more than half of it. Um, he had one shot attempt in the game, two hits, one takeaway, one block shot, and he went eight for 11 at 73% in the faceoff dot. And uh, Kevin Rooney and that line did uh, not see a single offensive zone face-off. Uh, they saw only defensive zone and a few neutral zone face-offs. So I uh, thought Kevin Rooney had himself another really solid game, and he is today's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Jacob Markstrom talked following his team's 5-2 win and his 35-save performance. Jacob, maybe just uh, you know start with this stretch. Um, you know, obviously three straight come out of the break, but um, you know really put yourselves back in the conversation playoff-wise. What stood out uh, you know about this this stretch coming out of the break? Uh, I think for a while now, just uh, you know obviously the work ethic and just rolling four lines and, and three pairs, and uh, you know. I, power play was uh, got us one today and uh, uh, you know penalty kill is really good so so it was uh, you know good overall game and you know you, uh, us as a group we need everyone to be going and uh, uh, to be successful what did you see on the attempted empty netter yeah that was I tried to hit the guy in the middle uh, I don't think I tried to shoot did I <laughs> no, it, was that was, it was a pass yeah that was a pass but <laughs> yeah yeah should have just gave it to the D and then Tanny and everyone try to play goalie so I owe them uh, owe them something we'll see I'll put something together 
What about uh, what about you? Obviously, get some early uh, run support, um, some big saves from yourself. But what about the effort here uh, tonight from from the start? Yeah, really good. I think uh, you know our starts has, has been really good, and uh, you know ending period and starting periods is is really really important for momentum. And I, I think everybody is buying in. What is this stretch of games with all these wins rank among some of the better stretches you've seen with this team as long as you've been here? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, I think it's the best stretch we had in 2024 for sure. <laughs> Jacob, when you sit through a moment like that and you're trying to pass or anything at her, either way, do you kind of consciously, i got to lock this thing down now? Uh, or is it just a matter of, I don't know if yeah, anything it's, changes. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing and, you know, but, uh, to be honest, but yeah, I, up by three and, uh, you know, they pulled the goalie, so, you know, if there was a, a time to try to shoot it, it was today and, uh, you know, I, I Ended up in the back of the net, so I'll, uh, I'll be more cautious next time. Have you tried for many over the years? Yeah, I, I tried a few times. Not many in the NHL, but, uh, you know, this is twice in one game, so, you know, and, and neither, neither one of them made it past the hash mark, so <laughs> I should work on some wrist curls or, you know, just keep, keep stay in the net. Jay, when they pull the goalie with about five minutes remaining, just what's going through your head about how long that's going to be that stretch? Uh, I mean, nothing really changes. It's just kind of like, you know, obviously they have another play, but we still have five guys, so, you know, we just got to put pressure and play hard and, you know, chip the puck outs. And, uh, you know, and we were fortunate enough to score a, score a goal early. There you go. That is Jacob Markstrom post-game. A lot of talk about his a couple attempts at a goal with the net empty. One that did end up in the back of Calgary's net. They can laugh about it now because they won, right? So um, that's Jacob Markstrom. Our final look inside the Flames locker room this afternoon. How about Jacob Markstrom? We heard from Jonathan Huberdeau, head coach Ryan Huska, and of course Mackenzie Weger joined us live to kick things off on our Flames Talk post-game show. Comprehensive Flames Talk post-game. You don't get this post-game coverage anywhere else and uh, we're happy to bring it to you here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan and wherever you get your podcasts on the Flames Talk podcast feed Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get them let's uh, look ahead now brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit Oncolytics Biotech And the Flames are already 75% done this four-game road trip, and they will wrap it up Monday night at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers. It'll be the second and final meeting between the Flames and Rangers this season. New York took the first game 3-1 way back on October 24th. That was actually Calgary's first regulation loss to the Rangers in their last eight head-to-head meetings. Flames 6-1-1 one, one against New York, dating back to uh, October of 2018. So that's next up for the Flames. They're in New York to take on the Rangers. Then they return home to start off a homestand Thursday against the San Jose Sharks and then Saturday afternoon at the Dome against the Detroit Red Wings. That's next week. Uh, of course, it starts with Monday's game against the New York Rangers. That is Looking Ahead, which is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. Back to the phone lines in just a second. But before we do that, let's uh, get back to the text line at 960-960 on this Saturday afternoon. 
Um, this says, Patty, when was the last time a Flames had the uh, had a D-man rather leading the league in goals? Did Phaneuf ever, or are we going back to the Al McKinnis days? I feel like it has to go back to the. Now, I don't know this for sure. It has to go back. I haven't been able to check, um, and, and I haven't gone by each season. But I know that Dion Phaneuf in his 20-goal seasons did not lead the league in goals. He finished second in goals in his rookie season by one, but he never led the league in goals. Now, he may have at some point in the year. I, I, I definitely am not going to be able to go that deep into when the last time the Flames had a D-man that uh, led the league in goals. Even at the end of a season is as good as I can do. And even then, I'm not going to do the comprehensive research on the fly. But I know that Dion never led the league in goals at the end of a season. Like when you're talking about at the end of the year, you might have to go back to the Phil Housley days. And I don't know that for sure. And if not, it would have to go back to the Gary Suter or Al McKinnis days. You would think in that regard for the Flames, but that's just a guess on my part. Um, what else we got here at 969.60? This says from Greg in Varsity, great game by the boys. I'm loving this youthful infusion and the cutaways to the bench, and they're all chuckling. Hannafin's on fuego and doing a fantastic job of showcasing himself without pulling himself out of position. Ala Zadorov, everyone, please stop asking Pat to do math. Um, yes, I, I agree with that, Greg. I appreciate that. Um, this from uh, Mandeep at BK Beaufort says, The fellas are cooking. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, we go to the playoffs. Of course, that's Kuzmenko. I feel the room just took Kuzmenko in, and his energy seems to be contagious. Love the flow and speed, and it's nice having an effective fourth line. Let's keep it going. Lindholm, zero points today, just a bonus. Great to get the first matinee win of the year. Also, thank you, Pat, for all your hard work. You're the man. Thank you, Mandeep. Appreciate it, my guy. Um, this says... Um the first the Flames get for Tanev might play for the team for 10 years and help them win a cup in five years. It's time to move 34-year-old Tanev. That, of course, is in response to Tony's call, who suggested they should take a run at re-signing him if they move Hannafin. And and look, I, I, I understood Tony and, and why he said that, but I'm more where Mick is at this point. Uh, this from Robin Palm Springs. If I can give my current opinion on the team going forward, I'm surprised how the team has been affected by the addition by subtraction. Um i.e. Uh, Dubé and Ruzicka gone, not enough there with them, and the fourth line's now a credible line. Lindholm wasn't playing well enough with them, and with adding Kuzmenko, they have a credible first line. In short, they have four good lines. Now that they have the weak links gone, I'd like to see the team go for it. However, I do believe they need some more size and depth beyond what they have on the ice for a long playoff run. I'm really impressed with the enthusiasm. The credit for this is a long list, so I'll just say team management and team leadership. Um, your thoughts. I, I, I do think that some of the addition by subtraction absolutely plays into it. I don't think um, that that is unfair at all. Lindholm took a lot of noise out, and I think that's maybe the biggest subtraction. Not Lindholm the person, not Lindholm the player, just the noise that went around the Lindholm uncertainty, which I think will, when whenever it is decided, whether Tanev gets dealt or signed, and I think we all know which way that's going, and then the Hannafin decision, once those things are resolved, whatever way it goes, I think more weight will go off, and you'll have some more addition by subtraction. Again, it's not 
subtracting the player. It's subtracting the distraction and subtracting the noise that goes around the conversation. Uh, this from Crispy and Glamorgan, who says, this is exactly what I said before the All-Star break. They're out working more skilled teams. Hopefully it doesn't catch up to them anytime soon. Any idea if Wolf will get to play during this call-up? Seems like they keep calling, up, calling him up to watch. I would guess not on this road trip, but maybe on this recall because we don't know how long it's going to end up being. Uh, This reads, loving this win streak. Playoffs aren't out of the picture, but what to do? I say Tanev for picks and or prospects. Recoup some for Vladarov. Vladar. I was going to call him Vladarov. Uh, Recoup some for Vladdy to make room for Wolf. Got to keep Markstrom unless it's too good of an offer. I feel like he wants to be here, and most fans and the team want him here. Three more years to keep the team competitive and mentor Wolf. Hannafin needs to decide, but I'm all for keeping him at the right price. Just my thoughts. That's from Adam in Saskatoon, who says, P.S. Lived in Norway for three years. Local team was the Stavanger Oilers. Damn good team, but tough to cheer for anything Oilers. Of course, that uh, Adam's text is in reference to... Eric, who called from Norway a little uh, earlier in the show. Um, This reads um, from Indio, California. Uh, We watched Wolf play here in the desert. He was just not sharp and the same on the next night, so I hope he gets some playing time with Calgary. Um, This says from Dan, I was checking the Flames cap friendly and was surprised to see Oliver Shillington listed as a pending UFA at the end of the season. Do you know if that's actually correct or did his two-year deal signed in the summer of 2022 slide a year because of his year of personal leave. Here's hoping the Flames make the playoffs and we get a Canucks-Flames first-round matchup. That would be a lot of fun with some amazing storylines. Calgary's right on the bubble right now, but I'd like to see them sell their pending UFAs in Hannafin and Tanev. Do you think this four-game win streak and the Flames' current pace as a borderline playoff team will influence Conroy not to sell assets at the deadline? Um, On that question, no, I do not. I think Conroy will make the moves he needs to make. And again, it doesn't mean just trading. I still think a Hannafin contract extension is potentially an, um, is a potential. I, I, I think it is the more this goes on, it, it becomes less and less of a potential. But I still think from a flame standpoint, it's on the table. Um, but I don't think that any stretch of three or four or five games is going to swing Conroy at this point from the decision-making that he's been gathering all season and even going back to last season. Um, as for Shillington, yes, he is indeed a unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, he Nothing slid when he took the year in, of, of personal leave. That counted as a year on his contract. Um, so he will, uh, he will be unrestricted at the end of this year. Um, this from pa- uh, this from Holden, who's uh, listing at school in Halifax, says, uh, what's your outlook on the long term for the Flames, given how this post-All-Star break refresh has been performing? I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about the future, Holden, because of, of how things have gone here um, and, and because of the way they've been playing. Um, This says, Patty, I'm not sure the playoffs are realistic because they have to move on from Hannafin and Tanev. I understand that. Um... 
People thought Conroy said Team Tank, or that's what they thought they heard, but the Flames are faster than Daryl's old Dino, uh, Dino team and have a good chance to make the playoffs. Congrats, Uyghur, for the hat trick. That's from Andy in Cochran. Um, this says Markstrom's leading the league in goals saved above expected. Not his fault the team in front of him is mediocre. He's crushing it. This says the Flames have added another uh, a number of different players since just before the break. This is over 20% of their regular season starting lineup. The Fab Five, Shillington, Pelche, Rooney, Kuzmenko, and Pahal seem to be adding speed and energy. The results are there. Wonder what will happen when Tanev gets traded. Will this continue to make them better with a new D taking Tanev's slot, or will they fold at that point? Well, I don't think there's ever going to be any folding Um However, I do think that you'll see a heck of a... I think you will definitely notice it when... Tanev is no longer here. This from Ned and Lethbridge. All everyone talked about was should they keep guys to make a push or trade guys to rebuild and retool, but not many people are talking about trading guys and still making the playoffs. Everyone who wants to be here now is playing hard, and things are looking great so far. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. But I again, Nashville traded five, six different pieces last year for very little NHL return and they stayed in the playoff fight right until the game I think game 81 uh, of their season is when they were eventually eliminated that's what I think is the best case scenario for the Flames make the trades they need to make but don't wave the white flag um, on the season and that plays this text that says another solid win do you think it's possible to make the playoffs without Tanev and Hannafin to me it feels unlikely if they're gone and and I get that and I also think it's it's still unlikely if they're both gone but I don't think it's impossible because I I, I think there are some other things that can um that, that can start to play into it um, and this says credit to the Flames for not packing it in after the Lindholm trade. The playoffs are still very much a possibility. No Zadorov, no Lindholm, no problem. Feels like this group is going to keep trucking along no matter who's traded. That comes from Mike. Great stuff on the text line so far today at 960-960. We got time for a couple more phone calls now following a Flames 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. Couple more calls to get to on this Saturday afternoon. Let's say hello to Carl. Carson. Carson is up next on the phone lines. What's up, Carson? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good. Um, just calling in. Uh, wanted to talk a little prospects with you. I've just been sort of uh, trying to do a little bit of research on the draft this year, and it had me thinking about sort of recent, by recent history, I mean sort of the last 10 years of the Flames, uh, how they've been drafting and developing, and it's not a criticism really, but just, I've not like a lot of players, a lot of skilled forwards they draft might be natural centers when they draft them. And they seem to have a habit of transitioning to the, to the wing as they play in the NHL going all the way back to Sam Bennett. And sometimes it's worked better than other times. Um, I'm just wondering if maybe at some point, and I, and also I was going to ask you, I don't know if Hansik projects as a center or left winger, but, I just wonder if at some point they're going to start giving these guys opportunity to see what they can do at center. Because then on the flip side, you have a guy like Zari who comes in and puts up points on the wing. Now you don't want to disturb that because he's thriving. So it it kind of puts you in a weird situation because at some point you're going to need star centers. 
Yeah, and, and, and I, I, it's, a, it's a fair point. Um, although I do think, for instance, if we want to use Zeri as an example, I, I do think that they can, without a whole lot of consternation, I, I, I do think that they can um, bring him back and, and try him at center down the road. I mean, when you're a natural center, I, I don't think it's super detrimental to start in the NHL as a winger. Now, and, and Zeri's played, you know, a good chunk of his time in the American League. Uh, I would say a good 40% chunk of his time in the AHL did come at center as well. Now, it's important right. to point out a big reason why they took him away from center at the AHL level is because, you know, maybe his pace just wasn't where it needed to be um, and, and didn't feel like the decision-making, quick decision-making that goes along with being a center in, in pro hockey, AHL, NHL, was where it needed to be. And so to really maximize what he could be and to maximize the offensive upside, moving him to the wing where less of those responsibilities are a part of it, is, is they, they kind of credit that as one of the reasons why he's really started to pop here over the last little while and, and has been so successful at the NHL level. But it doesn't mean they couldn't try it again, and I think that they're open to potentially trying it again. Yeah, right on. Well, yeah, I hope they do. It'd be, it'd be nice to see. And, and yeah, as for Hansik, do you know if he projects more as a center or a winger? I know he's having sort of a he's having a very good season in the WHL, but I wouldn't say he's having an outstanding D-plus one so far. I know he had that injury to start, but... Um. I think that he projects for them more as a winger okay. for, for Calgary. And, and, I mean, I'm not a prospects expert, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you whether I think he projects as a center because that would be me lying to you because I just I don't know enough um, and, and I haven't seen him play enough. But I, I from, you know, who I've talked to, I think the Flames project him as a winger as it stands right now. He has gotten some time with the Giants down the middle in the Western League, but I, I think the Flames look at him as a winger and drafted him a, as a winger, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm hoping they can uh, get their hands on some center talent in the draft this year then because uh, I think it's something they're they're lacking for sure, and the, the best centers on the team are obviously, you know, if you're really looking at it, they're probably not going to be key players when this team's ready to contend. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope they can do that, and I'm hoping to go uh, maybe see Hansik and PG Gimla here in Victoria at a couple of WHL games. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Years over. So I'll let you know let you know how they look in my opinion anyway, but yeah. And uh, yeah, call, call back anytime, Carson. I appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Have a good one. Okay. You You as well. Thank you, man. And that will wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. As the Flames uh, tonight, uh, that's uh, as, as Derek would say, that's a uh, fine into the fine jar. That'll wrap us up this afternoon on our uh, phone lines. Thank you very much for all your phone calls. Thank you for your texts as well. As the Flames take a 5-2 victory over the New York Islanders on a Saturday afternoon to make it four straight wins and three for three coming out of the All-Star break. It is time for the final summary uh, following this game at UBS Arena in New New York as the Flames open the scoring at the 347 mark of the first period. Mackenzie Weger started a better afternoon for himself with his 13th of the season. Weger from Jacob Markstrom and Blake Coleman at 347 and the Flames had themselves a one nothing lead. That was your score after 20 minutes of play. 
Flames would add two more in the second period, starting with a Jonathan Huberdeau power play goal. Huberdeau's eighth from Yegor Sharangovich and Noah Hannafin came at 8.38. And then Uyghur again with less than five minutes to go in the second makes it 3 nothing. His 14th and second of the day came from Walker Dewar and Jacob Pelching at 15.16. And the Flames led 3 nothing after 40 minutes of play. Islanders get one back early in the third on Brock Nelson's 22nd of the year. Nelson from Noah Dobson and Kyle Palmieri at the four-minute mark. Islanders in business a little bit. They got some momentum off that goal and definitely started to play their most dangerous of the game. Were unable to get back within one, though, and even with a power play in there, weren't able to get back within one. Patrick Waugh, head coach of the Islanders, pulled goaltender Semyon Varlamov with uh, a lot of time left, and the Flames made him pay for that as Blake Coleman scores his 21st into an empty net at 15:59 of the third period. An unassisted goal for Coleman to make it 4-1. Then a weird sequence with Jacob Markstrom trying to shoot for an empty net. Actually goes against the Flames and about 15 seconds after he um, couldn't get it past the hash marks as you heard him say earlier. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot turned that uh, slight mistake into an Islanders goal. Peugeot's seventh from Matt Barzell at 17-28, got the Islanders back within two. Uh, they pulled the goalie again, and uh, that allowed Mackenzie Weaker to complete his first career NHL hat-trick with less than 30 seconds remaining. Weaker finishes off the hat-trick into the empty net with his 15th of the year. That leads all NHL defensemen in goals, and Jonathan Huberdeau picks up the primary, Nazem Kadri the secondary at 19-38, and 5-2 ends up being your final score. Final shots 37 21 in favor of the Islanders Calgary goes one for one on the power play Islanders 0 for one with the man advantage your three stars this afternoon number three Jonathan Huberdeau number two Blake Coleman and number one no doubt about it Mackenzie Weger with his first career NHL hat trick with the win Flames improved to 25 22 and 5 they're back in action Monday on the road against the Rangers while the Islanders fall to 22 18 and 12 they're back in action Tuesday at home to Seattle that is your final summer and now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey today, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Shan Vergie, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for the Flames is Monday night. It is a 5 o'clock face-off against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. We'll be on the air at 4 o'clock on your drive home with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend your final score from UBS Arena in New York and the uh, and Long Island Flames 5 Islanders 2 this has been your Flames Talk post game show available wherever you get your podcasts and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 the fan